you found yourself on another episode of Locked on Bulls. On today's episode, we're going to ask the question, has the Chicago Bulls improved their offense enough with the additional three-point shooting that was added to the team? We're also going to put a highlight on Billy Donovan's coaching and how the improvements to the team actually put a highlight on Billy Donovan's shortcomings. And we're going to ask, should the Bulls be interested in the recently released Bowl Bowl? We're going to get into all that and more on today's Locked on Bulls. You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com, Locked On, today to get started. All right, y'all. Uh, I'm Hayes, host and creator of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central YouTube pages and podcasts, holding it down for my co-host, Pat the Designer, who is the host and creator of the Windy City Breeze and host of the Chicago Bears podcast over at ESPN 1000 if you want to check him out. But with that said, we got topics to get into today. And today we're going to start off with the Chicago Bulls offense. Now, the Bulls have not made a lot of the flashy signings that, as fans, we hope. And this is common. It, it, last year, we went into last offseason having a list of targets and, uh, and and players that we hope the Bulls would go after. They went after none of them, right? But they did end up getting Andre Drummond. They also signed Goran Dragic, who was eventually, you know, way from the team to make way for Patrick Beverly to come on. Uh, but this this year, it seemed a little bit different, right? The, the, the players that the Bulls have acquired thus far, we still have assets left. We still have roughly about $6 million of a mid-level exception. Uh, we're still waiting on the disabled player exception to be approved for the Chicago Bulls as well, which would add an additional exception of $10.1 million for the Bulls to either trade for a player in the last year of their deal or sign a free agent to a one-year deal. That's how that disabled player exception works. But the Bulls have made two acquisitions that help areas that the Bulls need drastically, and that is three-point shooting and defense in Javon Carter and Torrey Craig. Now, when you look at Javon Carter, Torrey Craig, they would have ranked as far as attempts per game, as far as three-point attempts, they would have ranked first and, I'm sorry, as far as three-point shooting percentage, they would have ranked first and third um, on the Bulls last year had they been on this roster. Keep in mind, the Chicago Bulls lost 17 games by five points or less and then eight of those games were by one score alone. When you add that with the fact that the Chicago Bulls, uh, they had a lot of games last season where they made as many field goals or uh, more field goals than their opponent, but they still end up losing that game because the three-point shooting wasn't there. The additions of Javon Carter and Torrey Craig were important. Right, and I'm not ready to say that that's gonna uh, that's gonna turn everything around for the Chicago Bulls. I'm not willing to say that. But when you look at the Bulls that were a 40 win team last season, the fact of the matter is that with the Bulls' additional three point shooting and a point guard now to start the season off, there's enough conversation that could be made to say that hey. Does that get the Bulls six more wins, right? Does that get the Bulls eight more wins? And if they do that, you are then looking at a team that does avoid the play-in. Now, I'm not the highest on the Bulls' acquisitions. I've gone on record to say Torrey Craig is an acquisition that I'm not down on, but I'm not extremely high on. I'm way high, higher on the acquisition of Javon Carter than I was Torrey Craig, but I understand the role that they both now are set to fill for the Chicago Bulls. And so I do think that there is a conversation to be made that, the Bulls have improved in areas that's needed, 
and how important those areas are to the modern day style of offense could pay off bigger than what we are necessarily thinking by just looking at the acquisitions on paper. Now that does come with a few caveats, right? It, it comes with, are they going to be able to play well in this system with Billy Donovan? Is Javon Carter, even though a younger, also a dog defensively in some, and many look at it as a better player than Pat Bev, he's still not the greatest facilitator, right? He does not, he doesn't average the most assists. Now, of course, you know, playing with Giannis, he doesn't do that. But the one thing that Javon Carter does, I'm sorry, Javon Carter, why do I always mix their names? It is Javon Carter. I almost said Javante Carter. The one thing that Javon Carter does bring to this team is that three-point shooting. And, and some Bulls fans have seen you guys question, like, is he going to take the same amount of threes? Is he going to hit it at the same clip when he's not playing off Giannis? When you look at Carter's numbers before he came to the Milwaukee Bucks and in games without Giannis Antetokounmpo, he still shoots the same percentage. He still takes the same amount of threes. So that points towards at least some positivity in that way. And then when you look at the sheer gravity that a player like uh, DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine get where teams have to respect them on the defensive side of the ball, yes, teams were able to pack it in against the Chicago Bulls a little bit more last season, uh, which led to that, that need of spacing being glaring. But when you add Javon Carter, Torrey Craig, if Patrick Williams continues to have a really solid three-point shooting percentage. We retain Kobe White. Um, Alice Caruso, DeMar, have already talked about the need for them to take more threes as well. If the if the Bulls added three-point shooting and that changing that shot profile that AK talked so heavily about in his post-game press conference become realistic things for the Bulls, you can see them winning more games. Now, I'm not willing to peg it on a win-loss record quite yet. Hopefully, the Bulls aren't done acquiring players yet. But I do think that sometimes, as fans, I do it, you guys do it, everybody does it. We look at the names, and we don't really look at the skill set and how added skill sets added to a team that needs those drastically really does change things for those teams in those areas. So, you know, ultimately, the way that I look at it is this. AK went out. He talked about how important changing the shot profile was. So far in his additions and in his moves, he's added that shot profile to the Bulls. The biggest question is, especially with a player like Torrey Craig, right, who had, had one season of shooting that, that great percentage last season. He shot it from, from three-point range. But is that going to maintain, right? Are those things going to pay off? And is the way that the team comes together going to get that shot pro profile in a more modern way. That's really, the Bulls lost so many games by simple math. And that's really what AK has done, and Eversley, I don't, I don't want to overlook Eversley as well, is that they've done in these moves so far is that they've aimed to change the simple math problem that the Chicago Bulls had last season on the court. That's it. You guys know, me and Pat talked about it. I complained about it a lot, right? There were so many games where the Bulls, had they shot the same number of threes as their opponent, even with the Bulls' three-point percentage not being the best, but extrapolating that out, the Bulls win those games. So in adding two players that are dogs defensively, which Torrey Craig and Javon Carter are absolute dogs on the defensive side of the ball, adding that with the three-point shooting, with the more willingness uh, to shoot the ball as well, Hey, you, you, you just don't know. And we're going to see how that comes together, right? On paper is one thing. We need to see how it comes together on the court. And so, I, I, like I said, I'm not as down on it as some people are. Um, I'm not as high on like, like the, the single acquisition of Torrey Craig. We're really kind of looking at how everything kind of comes together. I, I, feel, I feel like AK, I understand, I guess I should say, what the mindset that AK had between making the acquisitions that he did. Now, 
he, hopefully he's not done, right? $6 million to the mid-level exception, a, 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 a disabled player exception that we hope is coming in. Hopefully all those things pay off in dividends for the Chicago Bulls to just play basketball better. Now, you're going to get a lot of Bulls fans to say, well, hey, None of these moves make us a championship contender. And I'll tell you this, none of the moves we're going to make the Bulls a realistic championship contender either. But, you know, and and there is reason. And, and I understand the mindset like, okay, well, we went from a team that was in the play-in to what? Now, could we possibly avoid the play-in play now and be just a first-round exit? I understand that. And I, and I can't knock you for having that mindset or that level of thinking because, hey, listen, when it comes down to it, we've suffered as Bulls fans. We have. It's it sucked. It sucked. Besides that glimmer of hope that we've had that we had when we were number one team in the East, that first season Lonzo and DeMar came in and we were rocking and rolling. It's been a lot of negativity, question marks, and just more reasons for concern than anything else when it comes to this team. I understand that. But when you come into an offseason and you don't have huge assets, uh, again, I know a lot of Bulls fans as well say, well, you should have let Vooch walk. Okay, then we would have had to use every asset we had just to, to fix that hole that's left by Vooch. So when you have those things, AK is signed Kobe and Vooch to very 10-friendly deals that can be moved if a trade presents itself. They've gone out and get gotten Javon Carter at a much less a lower deal than what people expected for him to sign. They went out and got Torrey Craig, a veteran who, yeah, he's, he's, he brings in seven, over 70 games of playoff experience to a team that just does not have a lot of playoff experience, as does Javon Carter. I like the, I like the acquisitions on paper. We're going to have to see how it actually pe- plays off in a change of play style and whatever else, and that really comes down to Billy Donovan, which we're going to talk about next. Like, Billy Donovan's coaching has the the moves that the Bulls made put more of a highlight now on the coaching or lack thereof at times from Billy Donovan. But before we talk about that, I got to talk to you guys about one of our sponsors, and that is FanDuel. Take your first swing at, at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend on betting everything from the money line to the over to the over under to who you think is going to to hit the her, the first home run. All in one app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet than MLB that on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, y'all. So with that said and talking about the acquisitions, right, the re-signings, all of that, even, even, you know, bringing in a player like Julian Phillips, I know a lot of Bulls fans share me and Pat's hope that we even see Dalen Terry get a, a larger role in the Bulls rotation next season. But that really all comes down to the coaching of one guy, and that is head coach Billy Donovan. And while me and Pat at times have had different opinions on Billy Donovan's coaching, on Billy Donovan's philosophies, on Billy Donovan's system, we all come down to one thing. Billy Donovan, more than likely, uh, is not the perfect coach for this Bulls roster, right? Uh, Pat is a little bit more lean and understanding of Billy Donovan, kind of the shortcomings of the roster. I kind of look at it more so with saying that um, the shortcomings that we see from the roster are kind of a lack of, of coaching and a true scheme. But either way, we come down to, Coaching does matter. And so with that said, Billy Donovan's coaching is, I feel personally, like 
the the acquisitions, the adding size, um, the adding shooting, it now puts more of a spotlight on Billy Donovan and how he coaches this team, right? Is it all on Billy? Like, do I put Billy it on Billy that Patrick, Patrick Williams could be passive P at times? No. Do I put it on Billy Donovan, though, that he doesn't really run plays for Patrick Williams? Yes. Do I put it on Billy Donovan that we don't go to Vooch in second halves of games when Vooch is cooking? Absolutely. Is it Billy Donovan's fault that sometimes Nikola Vucevic doesn't go to the post against smaller players? No, right? So not everything is on Billy Donovan. And I've been on record that Billy Donovan isn't a horrible basketball coach, but that doesn't mean that he's a good coach for this team. And so with the improvements that this team is now made on paper, I think that it puts an even bigger spotlight and highlight on Billy Donovan to use these players in the correct sense. We had an 18th overall pick in Dalen Terry last season that just simply, well, well, no, historically played the least amount of minutes of an 18th overall pick ever. There was only one rookie that played less minutes than Billy, than, uh, uh, than uh, Dalen Terry last season. And so, yes, Dalen Terry was wrong. We always understand that. I've even gone on record to say that I truly do think that part of Dalen Terry's development plan when they drafted him because of how raw he is, was to be in the G League the first season. I just think that that was just it. Kind of like Anthony Simons with the Portland Trailblazers. I think that it was always the plan to have him heavily in the G League last season to kind of work on every aspect of his game. Dalen Terry was able to work on his ball handling. He was able to have the offense completely go through him. There's times where he was able to do nothing but come off screens and shoot. That wasn't going to happen on a Chicago Bulls roster where he was at most probably going to get eight to 10 minutes a game. So they were able to kind of work on that skill set. But Dalen Terry, I, I, I hope at least that the plan is, especially with a team that needs a dog, that needs some defense, that needs versatility, that needs switchability, that, that Dalen Terry is played. But like it all comes down to the head coach. Is he going to put him in the rotation? Marco Simonovic, has been here now going into his third season, and we haven't we've seen all we've just seen him get dunked on. He's just gotten dunked on repeatedly, 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 and it is what it is there. That's that's probably on him. That's probably not on Billy Donovan. But you you in 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 now getting to a place where your roster becomes more modern, that you could have a potentially extremely deep bench with Kobe White, Alice Caruso, Dalen Terry, Tori Craig, Andre Drummond, right? We'll see what what yeah, like. Right with those things, you have a lot of players that can play multiple positions. You have switchability on the defensive side of the ball. You have a lot of that. How many games last season did we see Andre Drummond was cooking and then he wasn't played? Now we did see a lot of games as well where he got in foul trouble and he should have been taken out of games. But this team, in a way, in in a in a way, has removed the propensity from Billy Donovan to go extremely small. Now he could still. Could we see Tory Craig as a small ball center? Absolutely. Could we see Julian Phillips, especially because as he's working on this shot, be used as a center? I wouldn't put it past Billy Donovan, but that would mean that he is at least using the rookie, which, you know, we'll see if Julian Phillips in uh, in uh, Summer League, if he's more of a uh, Dalen Terry, where he's just primarily in the G League, or is he more of an Io DeSumo, where his defense, which is one of the reasons why the Bulls absolutely did draft him, was that defense. Is that defense enough to get him on the court somewhat, right? Um, but I do think that the, the spotlight has to be on Billy Donovan. It's a, to a degree. It's still on the players. It's still on the roster makeup. It's still on AK and Eversley a lot as well as the front office that put this team together. But in a large part, you still have to look absolutely at Billy Donovan and how he coaches this team.
How does he use it? Now you have your point guard to start your season off. You have it. You have it, right? Last season, it was point guard by committee. Like, I owe the sumo. I will still maintain, earn that position in preseason because he he played the best in preseason. He also absolutely earned to lose that position by the way he played at times during the season. But you, you have now your point guard in Javon Carter to start your season, right? And if, if Kobe ends up winning the starting point guard role, cool. You still have that and know that role to start the season. And we've seen how much Billy Donovan's offense does run when you do have a point guard, especially one that can stretch the floor, bring some much-needed shooting from the three-point range uh, to help space that out for DeMar to go to work, Vooch to operate in the low post. And I also think when you factor in how Vooch has said that uh, that it's come out that one of the conversations Vooch did have before he re-signed with the Chicago Bulls was simply just, hey, what is my role going to be? Can I be used differently now in this offense? I think when you factor in all those things, it does put a target on Billy Donovan. Not to say that he's going to be fired, because again, we still don't know how long that 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 extension is for. We don't know. We're over a year since we found out Billy Donovan got a secret extension. We have no idea how long it's for. None. Billy Donovan could be our coach for another two years, five years, or ten years. We don't know. Um, but uh, side note, as you can tell, that's a bit of a sticking point for me. Um, but regardless of all of that, regardless of every single bit of that. The coaching aspect of this is so important because if Billy Donovan doesn't change the system a little bit, if he doesn't tweak it a little bit, if he doesn't ride players and use them more to their strengths, we have a player who's one of the best catch-and-shoot players per percentage in the NBA in in Zach Levine that we barely run catch-and-shoot opportunities for. We did more towards in the back end of the season, and that may point towards more so Zach Levine's mindset and him being actually healthy, but still, we barely do that. We have a post player that is pretty damn good operating in the post that we, his first season here, first full season here, we turned him into a three-point shooter to allow DeMar DeRozan more space to work. And then when that didn't work, we went to him a little bit more in the post in that in last season in Vooch. But then we didn't go to him in second games where he was absolutely cooking. Andre Drummond, as much as he got into foul trouble, we when Drum was cooking, Andre Drummond and Kobe White, almost had the game against the Miami Heat won in that play-in tournament. And then Billy Donovan takes them out, right? Coaching, regardless of what moves AK and Eversley make, it's all for not. It all does not matter. If we don't have improved coaching from a head coach that was brought here, and one of the reasons why he was brought here was for development. We ain't developed a damn thing. So, you know, I, I'm, I may put more on coaching than a lot of people do, and if I do, that's on me, right? Um, but I look at the way that Billy Donovan has coached this team at times, and I absolutely see miscues. I see the lack of developmental reps from uh, four players like Patrick Williams and stuff like that. Like, yeah, Patrick Williams can be passive P, absolutely. But you, you still want to run some plays for him, and we don't. We tell him to stand in the corner and shoot, right? The, a great head coach wouldn't do that. A great head coach would eat, would, would buy now, with the t- amount of time Billy Donovan has had with Patrick Williams, would have figured out, hey, is this P. Will kid going to be somebody that I can run and get 12 to 14 points out of? Because I'm going to force him to be aggressive. And he comes down off a of pick and roll, I'm going to get in his head. We don't have that. We got a coach that likes to stand on the sideline and choose a hell of a lot of gum, but hasn't developed a hell of a lot of players. And we brought in players that have needed development. Yeah, we got a development coach now. Shout out to Peter Patton, and I hope he does wonders 
on players like Julian Phillips. I hope he does wonders for the shot of players like Dalen Terry. I hope he can be that, that therapist to get in Patrick Williams' head and be like, hey, you know, you can be pretty good, right? If you just, you're strong, you're big, you can jump. Just, just do that. I hope that we can do that because Billy Bubblegum Donovan sure as hell has not been there for the Chicago Bulls yet in his tenure year here as head coach, a tenure that we still don't know. As I just said, how much longer this tenure is going to last because of Billy Donovan's extension. But I do think while I, while I will not say that this is going to put Billy Donovan on a hot seat at all, I do think that this puts a highlight and spotlight on exactly now how does Billy Donovan use the weapons that the front office went out and got him and the weapons that he already had on this team that maybe weren't utilized the best way in a season where most of the development's going to have to come from internally and from our bench, right, with the acquisitions and the veteran presence we have there. Man, listen, if, if the coach don't, don't help it, ain't nobody going to help it, man. And that's kind of my mindset on that. And I know, I know, again, not everybody shares that mindset, but that's fine. We'll see how it turns out. Next up, we're going to talk about a player that was recently waving Bowl Bowl, who a lot of Bulls fans seem to want on this roster. We're going to talk about that uh, coming up here next. available on every podcasting app and platform of your choice we're also available on youtube if you're listening on the on the podcast side that you can go and check out our videos and also on the odyssey app and what matter of fact while we're here me and pat are trying to get up the reviews on the show if you're listening on apple Podcasts, leave a review if you're listening on spotify go ahead and hit that rating button if you're watching on youtube and have access to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, go over there and leave a review since you can't leave a review on YouTube. That's what you guys can do for me and Pat. Help us continue to grow the channel. Um, but with that said, let's talk about the last topic for today. Bobo. And this is a player that was released late last night and immediately. As Bulls fans tend to do, especially in the offseason, the moment that somebody is released, we like to talk about why the Bulls could, should, and possibly, um, you know, are crazy for not going out and getting. Now, my biggest, I'm going to start off with my biggest gripe when it comes to Bull Bull as a player. A lot of Bull fan, Bulls fans, after the Lonzo ball and how it shook out, what have we, what have they, you've heard them say? Oh, we should have never signed Lonzo. Oh, this is a fail by AK. Oh, he had the injury history. Bull Bull has had, since he was drafted in 2019, 12 major injuries that have led to him missing games. That they were that serious that it led to him missing games. Now, again, not every game that he missed was because of injury. When you, I'm going to talk about the number of games played so far. Um, but some of that was just due to coaches not putting him on the court, things like that. In his rookie year, he played only seven games. His second year, he played 32 games, started two of those for the Denver Nuggets. His third season, he played 14 games. Last year, in his fourth season in the NBA, he played a career-high 70 games and started 33 games of that for the Chicago Bulls. I just, the, the, the thing that always interests me with Bulls fans is how we'll say one thing when it applies to one player, and then because we zero in on that player as Bobo being a target right now, uh, that we ignore those same critiques that we throw towards a different signing. Everybody now says the Bulls should not have signed Lonzo Ball because of that injury history, that that was why that signing failed. To me, when you look at Bobo's makeup, when you look at his body uh, uh, structure and everything, I just feel like an injury is waiting to happen, a major one. That's my personal opinion. I don't wish that on the kid. Only 23 years old and has shown some promise. When you look at last year for a bowl bowl, again, 33 games played, 
70, uh, sorry, 33 games started, 70 overall games played. Overall averages of nine points per game, 1.2 blocks per game, only 1.3 personal fouls per game, which for a young big is pretty good. Uh, 5.8 rebounds, 75% from free throw range, 26% from three-pointer, 54% overall from the field, taking 60, I'm sorry, 6.8 shots per game. When you break that down and look at his specifically his 33 starts, um, 27 minutes as a, as a starter, um, he, he averaged 12.5 uh, points per game. He averaged 1.4 blocks per game, 1.1 assists, 7.3 rebounds per game. Again, a 76% uh, shooter from three-point range, 36% shooting from three-point range as a starter, and he took 2.1 three-pointers per game. Not the highest volume there, but decent percentage. At 57% from the field. I can understand when you look at the numbers, when you look at the skill set, when you look at the potential uh, as a rim protector, absolutely ball ball. And, and the thing that I had to kind of work my mind around in thinking about this is ball ball and Marco Simonovic are the, are the same age. Both of them are 23. It comes down to if the Bulls, which Marco Simonovic has a partially guaranteed deal, the Bulls have two days left to make a decision on whether they're going to guarantee or waive Marco Simonovic. If you were to waive Marco, replace him with Bol Bol, because Bol made $2 million per uh, per year. Marco Simonovic was slated, is slated to make $1.8. If you, if you replace Bol, I mean Marco with Bol, do you have, you have a player then that has at least gotten on the NBA court, that has at least shown productivity, not at the G League level, but at the actual NBA level. Now, Bobo was here before, right? I think some people forget the Bulls had one of the first looks at him. That is, and he can be a completely different player by then. But I think for me, like in looking at this, like I would much rather spend the money on Mobamba personally. Um, I, I, again, I understand the mindset, and because he is better than somebody that is on a guaranteed spot on this roster, I can even understand saying, let's flip that person with this person. But ultimately for me is that as a Bulls fan, a Bulls fan that has seen us lose players because of injury, I don't want to do it no more on a player that has had the number of injuries that Bowl has had. But again, I can understand it. If the, if the Bulls were to waive Marco Simonovic, sign Bowl Bowl to the same contract that Marco was on, maybe slightly more because he's actually played NBA games, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't be sitting here saying, oh, the Bulls completely ruined it. But he's not a disabled player exception target. He's not that. You don't you don't spend a $10 million exception on a player like Bobo. Bo. I wouldn't even say that he's a mid-level. He's a vet. Because of that, at the vet minimum, you can talk yourself into almost anybody. But I'm not the highest on Bo. I'm just not. I know a lot of Bulls fans are. I understand it like I just went through. But ultimately, I look at it and say, eh, I'm kind of good on that. I'm kind of now by that I don't mean let's keep Marco Simonovic either. Um, when it comes to Marco, like I've seen every every game that Marco Simonovic has played in the G League, and I've seen that promise. I understand why that potential is there, but if you're not going to use him, you don't need a spot, especially not a guaranteed spot. That's my personal opinion. You guys can let me know what you think down below. But that is it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Bulls. Make sure you guys go and follow Pat and support Pat at Pat the Designer. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. You can also follow us collectively at Locked on Bulls. Um, but yeah, Locked on Bulls free and available on every podcasting app of your choice. Thank you for tuning in and making Locked on Bulls your first listen every day. For Pat the Designer, I'm Hayes. This has been Locked on Bulls. Peace, y'all.